official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com. Let me ask you this question. How many here grew up in a household or have ever been a part of a household with four or more people in it? Almost every single person here. How about uh, six people, six or more people? Man, still like half the church. How about eight? There's a few. Oh, I'm surprised you guys are alive in here with us. That is a huge, no, 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 that's enough. Hey, can you turn this down a little bit? Just so, awesome, thanks. So eight people really, should I say 10? Oh, come on, Steve. (laughs) That explains a lot, actually. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I'm already like overwhelmed. <laughs> well, there were seven people in my household growing up, and my mom also ran a daycare center for 17 years. And so throughout the week, we had an additional three to six children <laughs> in, our, in our home. Steve, you're, I'm really concerned. We're going to need to pray for Steve after the service. <laughs> Get some emotional mental healing for well and if if my our home wasn't filled with children on the weekends because my mom did daycare throughout the week, my parents were always inviting people over for dinner for lunch like i can't even remember a handful of weekends when we didn't have people over to our house, and so needless to say, I grew up in a busy home, and because it was an active house we we ran a pretty tight ship. Uh, The chores were divvied up among us all. Every night of the week, we had chores we had to do. On the weekend, on Saturday morning, we all had to take at least an hour. We did dusting. We cleaned the windows and the glass. We did mopping. uh, We took care of the lawn. All the things that need to be taken care of, right, in a big household. And at first, my siblings and I weren't very skilled at these chores. Like, when we would clean the windows, you could see streaks, on them. And we did the dishes. They you know, weren't always super clean. My, my dad used to joke, I don't need to buy a dishwasher. I already have four. And, and so you know, there's a lot of dishes to do. Um, but my parents could have done a much better job doing the chores they gave us. But my parents were actually pretty clever and smart because they knew that as kids, we would value most the things that we worked the hardest for. And they knew that, that a home doesn't really become a household until every family member cares about it and pitches in and and invests in it. And so it wasn't long before my siblings and I, uh, we started to develop a a value, a a sense of ownership in our home. Um, And we, we looked at it as something that we were doing together. It wasn't our parents' job to kind of do all the household chores, and it wasn't our parents' house. It was our house because we all pitched in and cared about it. Now, occasionally, we would have to have family meetings. Who here has ever had a family meeting? In our family meetings, what it was like is just there were some, some things that needed to be talked about, some, some, some chaos that was happening. Sometimes, you know, things weren't getting done, or the household needs would change. I remember one time when our family took in another family for almost a year. It was a family of four, and they had no place to live. And so my mom and dad opened up our home. And so we had a family of four along with our family of seven, along with a 
daycare center, along with having people over on the weekends. And it was a lot of chores to be done. A lot of chores to be done. But my parents had a huge gift of hospitality, and, and they used our home to, to love and serve other people, which as a kid was an amazing thing to see. I remember another living situation I had when I was in college. I was at Bible college. In the Bible college I went to, the campus was an old military campus. And so the dorm was like a big room about this size, and, and it was military style. So all the rooms went around the whole, the whole um, space, upstairs and downstairs, and there was a huge common area. And we would have dorm meetings because at the, the Bible college that I went to, we were responsible for all of the chores in the dorm. So every week we had a list of like who was going to clean the bathrooms. Uh, you know, as growing up as a kid, I hated cleaning our bathrooms, <laughs> but I really feel like it prepared me for 60 guys living in a college dorm bathroom. I don't think I would have survived had I not had that training <laughs> as a kid to clean bathrooms. <laughs> but I remember we had this one dorm meeting one time, and, and then because it was a Bible college, we would often like worship and pray together to close the dorm meetings. And at the end of one of these meetings, there was a guy, Bruce, who was one of our housemates. And, and he stood up and, and he took his hand and he slapped it onto his forehead like this. He closed his eyes and he yelled out, Bruce, I see you're lost. And then he slayed himself in the spirit right there, just like collapsed on the floor. I just remember looking around like he is going to be a unique housemate, <laughs> this guy, Bruce. But that's the thing about being in a shared living situation, right? Because you have different personalities, unique personalities. You have to learn how to accommodate, get along, serve each other well, figure each other out, and do all those things. Well, I didn't realize it at the time, but, but I believe that God was using my household experiences to train me to be a pastor. <laughs> because there's actually... Uh, quite a lot of correlation between churches and households. If you think about it, in order for a church to function well, everyone has to care enough to pitch in, right? Everyone has to learn how to work together, to get along, to be accommodating for the purpose of serving one another well and serving the world well. And so I'm convinced that one of the reasons the New Testament is full of passages where the early church was having housekeeping conversations and family meetings all throughout the New Testament letters, right? In 1 Corinthians, for instance, in 1 Corinthians, what was happening at their church gatherings is some people were coming to communion and they were so hungry, they were eating all the communion bread and they weren't leaving enough for anyone else. And so Paul writes a letter to them. He says, hey, let's have a family meeting. Don't come to church hungry because you're eating all the communion bread and not everybody's getting some. So it's a family meeting, right? It's a housekeeping conversation. In Acts chapter 6, we find that the widows in the church are being overlooked in food distribution. And so they have a meeting about it. In Acts chapter 6, we see the apostles come together and say, hey, we got we to gotta sort this out. The household of God isn't functioning so smooth. So they come in and just bring direction to it. Second Thessalonians, we see this, right? Because what happens in Second Thessalonians, Paul's writing this letter to the Thessalonian church, and the people in the church were quitting their jobs because they thought Jesus was going to come back, and there's no point of working, right? Let's get credit cards and live off our credit cards, is what they were thinking. Why do we work 
when Jesus is coming back, and he, he writes a letter to them and says, yeah, that, that, let's have a family meeting, because that's not, that's not how the household's going to function smoothly. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, again, another family meeting and house, housekeeping conversation where people are misusing the gifts of the Spirit. And so Paul takes time to write to them and says, yeah, the, the, the household's kind of out of order. Whenever you come to gather, there's, there's, there's gifts happening, and they're, they're, they're God's Spirit, and it's, it's gifts of the Spirit, but you're, you're misusing them, and, it, and it, the house isn't in order, and so they have a family meeting about it. And when you read the New Testament, you see quite a few parallels between churches and households, which is why some of the New Testament authors, when referring to the church, they call it the household of faith. And it's something even Jesus addressed in his teaching. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 46, it says this, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting, you to, wanting to speak to you. And he replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now, we have to understand, this was not Jesus being rude or dismissive towards his biological family. It was Jesus' way of communicating and saying that the church is like a family. He was communicating this idea of believers forming a household. So let's look at a couple other New Testament passages that that refer to the church as as a household. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Notice the language here in this passage. He says, members of his household built together, holy temple, dwelling. Now, it's important to note that he's writing this to the the church at Ephesus. And the Ephesian church, the church at Ephesus, uh, was a couch-surfing church community. What I mean by that is they didn't have a building of their own at first. They met in various synagogue locations. And it wasn't until later on that they moved into a more permanent space. We know from history that they moved into the school of Tyrrhenius. And the Apostle Paul here is using their circumstances, right? This couch surfing community. He's using their circumstances to teach them something really powerful. And that's this, that the church is not a building, it's a people. He's saying to them, you are the household. You are God's special dwelling. Now, we know as time went on, um, scriptures tell us this as well as history, that getting together for worship uh, in Ephesus and ministry there became more difficult, and they recognized that their church family needed a home. So they moved into the school of Tyrrhenius, which is kind of encouraging to me as a pastor, because as a pastor here, I've been couch surfing for about a decade. And thankfully, this is a beautiful couch, Main Street Landing. It's a really cool place to couch surf. 
But maybe one day, God has for us down the road a place where we can do ministry throughout the week and not just on Sundays. So I want to invite you guys to pray about that with us. Who knows? Maybe we'll take the same path as Ephesus one day when, when uh, God kind of leads us in that direction. But I want you to notice how clear Paul's message is to the Ephesian church. He says, he says to them, the church is called to be a household, a dwelling, not a building, but a people. So let's look at one more passage that refers to the church as a household. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 8. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Again, notice the language here. He, he talks about sowing and planting and reaping. And there's this idea of harvesting. This is agricultural household chore language. Right? Of sowing, reaping, harvesting, planting. Now, I want to point your attention to something. When Paul says here, do good to everyone, especially to the household of faith, he's not showing favoritism to Christians. And he's not being exclusive. In other words, he's not encouraging the church to focus inward. Because we could read that here and be like, oh, do good to everyone, but especially the household of faith. We should just really do good to church people. That's not what Paul's saying. In fact, I would argue he's making a different point. And the point being this. If you can't contribute to your own household, how will the world ever get your real contribution? Right? He's saying do good to everyone especially to those of the household of faith. He's not saying the church should be inward focused. He's not saying the church should be exclusive or only care about other Christians. What he's saying is, if, you're, if the world is going to get your real contribution, you got to take care of your family. You got to take care of your household. If there's one thing that I learned growing up in my home, it's that our family's ability to love and serve other people depended largely on the functionality of our own house. My parents just had so many people. I'm not even exaggerating when I say hundreds of people would come to our home in a year. And they, they loved so well and they ministered and they served so well. But, but much of that depended on the functionality of our own home. And as a family, we didn't view housekeeping as our parents' job. Um, there was a sense of ownership and unity of us doing it together. And even though our parents could have did our chores way better than us, they gave us that responsibility and they gave that ownership to us. And, and, and for me, and I think I can speak for my siblings in this, it taught us that our contribution mattered. That a, a home doesn't become a household until family members work together to make it one. And as a parent, I hope I instilled that in my own kids. Time will tell. We'll find out. I hope that as a pastor, that's one thing that I'm able to instill in, in our church family. Because I, I believe this, that there, the expectation for a lot of churches, especially I think in the West and in America, is that you have a few people you hire who are really skilled and trained in, in pastoring and taking care of a church family. And you let them do all the work because they can do it pretty good. They're trained to do it right? But for a church family to function well, every family member needs to contribute. 
right? There has to be this sense of belonging and ownership. And it's okay if, if the church isn't as neat and tidy as mom and dad would keep it, right? And so I think a lot of times in the way we think about church is um, it's a place where we show up and we hire people to do worship for us and to preach to us and to offer different counseling and, and opportunities to get ministry. But what the Bible teaches about the church is that it's a family and a community that does ministry together, that serves together. And I say all that to, to say this, I believe that God has a lot of exciting things for our church to do. Does anybody else believe that? Yeah. Whew, that's good to hear. I'm excited about our future together as a church family. I'm excited about reintroducing Jesus to ourselves. I'm excited about reintroducing Jesus through, through worship and service, community, creativity. And honestly, after nine years of doing this, I don't think we've scratched the surface yet. But in order for us to do what we believe God is leading us into to do, we have to make sure that the household all is together and pitching in, right? And being part of a family. And so we're going to provide an opportunity this morning for you to respond to this message and do, this, do just that. Uh, we have several household chores around here that we could use some help with. And we are blessed to have a whole bunch of volunteers at the well. So we have 57 current volunteers who help us out on Sunday mornings at the well, which is pretty good considering our church is about 120 people. Uh, to have almost half be volunteers is amazing. Um, we have a lot of other people who serve outside of Sunday mornings in different capacities, serve the community, serve through small group ministry and a number of other ways during the week that they serve. Typically, though, for our Sunday morning volunteers, um, we ask folks to volunteer once every four to six weeks. And we want to extend that invitation to serve the household because we believe that as, as good as our 57 volunteers are and our team leaders are, for a family to function well, we need everybody who calls church at the well their home to participate and contribute. Now, I'm going to make a, a, this, a qualifying statement. If you're here and you work 60 hours a week, or you're here and you work six days a week because you're in a season of life where your job is really demanding, or you own your own business, and Sunday is your Sabbath day of rest, protect that. Don't serve. <laughs> You need to be able to keep that space of that Sabbath place where you're not go-going all the time. So for those of you who are in that phase of life, this, you're disqualified from this invitation. <laughs> you're supposed to rest. But if you're here and you say, yeah, you know what? Church at the Well kind of feels like my church family, and I need to be contributing somehow, then this is a good opportunity for you. One of the things that one of the mantras that we kind of adopted a while ago was, was that connection happens by serving others with others. And so maybe you're here this morning and, and you say, yeah, this is kind of my church family, but I'm, I don't feel super connected. Like I come in and, and worship with everybody and I have some conversations with people. I listen to the teaching, but then I just kind of go home. Well, this is a great way for you to connect because connection happens by serving others with others. And so what we're going to do is we're going to hand out a brochure that we have, and you, I'm going to ask you guys in the back just to hand those out. And this brochure is a current list of our volunteer teams. You're going to see that there's 10 of them in there. 
And hopefully down the road, as we grow and God invites us into more ministry in, in our cities and communities and neighborhoods, that we'll have more than 10 volunteer teams. Right now we have 10. And um, inside the brochure, you're also going to find a card. And there's a line in the card about volunteering. And if, if you are looking at the brochure in the card and you see something that kind of jumps out to you and says, yeah, you know what? I could, I could help out with that. I could volunteer and I could, and I could serve the, the church family. And I, I could probably help out with that once every four to six weeks. Just check that off and, and write down what, what that uh, volunteer opportunity is. And you might be looking at that uh, brochure and it, as you get it, and you might be thinking to yourself, wow, like, I don't know if my skills or passions fit any of these opportunities. I, I'm not a bathroom cleaner. <laughs> we don't have bathroom cleaning here. <laughs> maybe someday we will. We don't have it now. <laughs> but maybe there's, maybe there's a, a way you could help out for a season. So yeah, this isn't, doesn't kind of line up with my skills and passions, but I, I could contribute and help out this first season. We would love for you to, to just check off that box and write down where you think you could help. And also, if you see on the brochure that there's a space missing for your passions and skills, maybe you're a medical professional and your heart is to just offer medical care to people who are less fortunate. Or maybe you're a professional counselor and you care about people's emotional health. We don't have those ministries yet, but maybe God's bringing you to this family to to help us with those ministries, right? So write those down on the card. If you're already one of the 57 people that are serving at at Church at the Well and volunteering, can I ask you to do this on your card? Could you just write down ways we could pray for you? Or could you write down what you see God doing as you serve? And then finally, if you're just visiting here and you're just checking out the family, you're just checking out the church family, I'm just going to invite you to listen because we're going to play a song. You just listen to the sweet, soulful sounds of Sister Sledge because we're going to play their hit single, We Are Family. And I'm going to invite everybody to, to fill out your card. We got pens. If you need pens, raise your hand. We got pens and fill those out. Look over that brochure. Let's play that song. Okay, we're going to ask the people who handed those out to come. We're going to collect those cards from you. So people walking down the aisles, Kobe, if you can just walk down and start collecting all those cards. Ian, that's good. You can turn down a Sister Sledge. Man, if Sister Sledge doesn't make you want to be part of a family, there's no hope for you. (laughs) No hope for you. Hey, here's what we're going to do. Over the next several Sundays, we're going to be taking a few minutes each and every Sunday, and we're going to have one of those volunteer team leaders come up here, and they're going to share a few specifics about what serving and volunteering for each of those teams looks like specifically, and paint a picture of like what are, what are the expectations, what's involved, how often do we have to do it, what does it look like, how much time requirement, why do we do these? And so over the next several Sundays, they're going to come up and share that. And what we're going to do is if you filled out a card inquiring about volunteering, then Abby, Ian, and I, the three staff pastors at the church, we're going to reach out to you via email and just start a conversation about uh, what volunteering and serving could look like. Does that sound good? So why don't we stand up together? We're going to pray. I'm going to invite the Stevensons to come on up and lead us in one more song after we pray. Let's pray together.
God, we thank you that you have adopted us into your family. And that none of us uh, are really super qualified to be a part of your family, yet you adopted us and you called us your own. And that we're children of God. Lord, we thank you for providing us with a church family. And we pray, God, that, that you would help us to, to model that well. God, that we wouldn't build this church around just a few personalities, but that we, there would be a, a place for every single family member to contribute, to participate in, in the family of God. Lord, help us with that today. We pray for every person who found the courage to believe for healing, for every person who have found the courage to, to fill out that card and, and this, this inquire about volunteering. God, we pray that, that you would use that in a real powerful way to, 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 to strengthen us so that we could love and serve each other well and we could love and serve the world well. So Lord, we give this church to you. It's you who are building it. We're not building it. It's you. <laughs> Jesus said that, that he would build the church. And so we're just going to trust in that word. And we thank you for your commitment and faithfulness. God, we're resting and counting on it. Use us. We'll, we'll, we'll do our best to, to follow your directions, even, even when we're a little bit nervous and apprehensive about it. God, just, just speak to our hearts in a special way. And thank you for inviting us into your family, God. We, we want to contribute. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community.